0: Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us. Today's webinar focuses on laser metal deposition, or LMD, extending the surface service life of your equipment. Rotating equipment wear and tear is and always will be inevitable. There are many repair methods available to put a component back into service, but every repair method has its own limitations and oftentimes there is no viable repair method using traditional processes. During today's webinar, you'll learn about LMD technology, which can reduce lead times and get equipment back in service in a timely manner. First, I'd like to tell you a little bit about our featured company. Through a network of over 100 service sites around the world, Solzer provides cutting-edge parts as well as maintenance and repair solutions for pumps, turbines, compressors, motors, and generators. They service their own original equipment, but also all associated third-party rotating equipment run by customers, maximizing sustainability and life cycle cost-effectiveness. Solzer's technology-based solutions, fast execution, and expertise in complex maintenance projects are available at their customer's doorsteps. For those of you that don't know already, Solzer actually has a YouTube channel with well over 100 informative videos and audios just like you're going to hear today. Please take a moment after a webinar today to subscribe, and then you can stay up to date on their latest videos. Now, I'd like to tell you a little bit about our presenter, Alonso Ortiz. Alonso began his career with Sulzer in the fall of 2019 after completing his bachelor's at Texas A&M University in manufacturing and mechanical engineering technology. He started with Sulzer as a production engineer with the responsibility of implementing the new LMD product line for the coding division at Sulzer. Alonzo is now the coding division superintendent and continues to work on the development of LMD processes and procedures. Alonzo will be taking your questions following the presentation, so if you would like to submit a question, just look over to the side of your screen and you'll see an area to submit that question, and please feel free to do so any time during the presentation. Also, Solzer prepared an informative handout on laser metal deposition for you today. You should have actually received it with your registration or your reminder. A recording of today's webinar will be made available, so if you miss anything, not to worry. Just keep an eye on your email. And also, we'd like to invite you to take part in a brief survey following today's webinar. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce Solzer Alonzo Ortiz
1: thank you Peggy
0: Uh, as everyone knows
1: my name is Alonzo Ortiz Uh, today we'll be talking about laser metal deposition and how this technology uh, will better serve our customers uh, to repair parts and put them back into service for you so in this presentation we'll be going over a little bit of the background of why soldier as a company pursued this technology and and how it's useful in, in our market Uh, We'll be covering what LMD is and the benefits it offers, as well as some of the setup and the parts required for LMD processes. Uh, And at the very end, we'll we'll cover some of the applications of of where the technology fits in. Uh, Again, we'll finish the webinar with a Q&A. So in the repair industry, we're always um, trying to... Uh, create faster and better uh, repair services for our customers. We're always trying to, to bring their equipment back into service um, As soon as possible with the with the highest quality of repairs while also keeping um, Cost um, at a reasonable at a reasonable price um, Any kind of uh, repair method has limitations uh, we do want to expand those capabilities so that we can better offer those repair Services that are required to put parts back into service. Uh, one of the biggest uh, needs that we saw here in our facility, here in our Laporte facility, was uh, shaft repairs. Uh, traditionally, uh, shaft repairs would be repaired uh, through either thermal spray or submerged arc welding. Um, this is for dimensional restoration purposes, uh, as well as any hard facing. Uh, so, those were the two main um, repair methods that we would use. Uh, in choosing a repair method, we would take into consideration four, four main considerations, right? Uh, we would uh, take in the lead time, uh, how fast does the customer want this part back into service, how, how much time do we have to repair this, um, the, the part geometry, is it something we, that our equipment can handle, uh, The there any kind of intricate features that we need to get around, to restore dimensions on in, any type of intricate features, uh, and of course material buildup. How much material are we needing to restore on on a particular component? And of course the application. Uh, do we need to apply a hard facing to this to this component, or is or are we just trying to restore dimension? Uh, so again, the our conventional repair options would have been thermal spray submerged arc welding. If if neither of those options were viable, we would have end up replacing a shaft, with, which only uh, creates more costs for our customer, as well as extending the lead time of the repair. So this is where LNB comes in to so try and fill in some of these gaps um, in all of these consider- considerations. So material buildup, uh, the type of applications. And of course, lead time uh, is a big one. We're trying to provide that quality repair for our customers in in a reasonable amount of time. So, what is LMD? We um, and this is what we'll be covering in this uh, in this presentation is is really what LMD is and, and how it can be used. So, essentially, LMD is just another processing technique of adding material to a substrate. That substrate. Uh, typically we're either trying to restore a dimension or or complement this the surface with uh, either a corrosion resistant overlay or a, a hard-facing overlay uh, there are many different types of, of ways of doing it like I said thermal spray um, coatings as well as a submerged arc welding but laser metal deposition um, just opens up more doors to do this and the way it uh, laser a uh, metal deposition works. We have a a laser beam, which is produced in our laser source. A laser beam travels through our through a head, and this configuration is called the coaxial configuration because everything's running through that single axis um, of the laser cladding head. There's multiple different configurations for for laser cladding. Um, but this is one of the most common. So in, in this process, you have your laser beam coming straight through, through your, your nozzle and, and hitting and focusing it onto that substrate. Um, you then are also inserting powder through the nozzle, and it kind of swirls around. It's a little bit hard to see in this picture on the right, but it, 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 it does kind of swirl, and it, it, it's, uh, the powder is, is dropped very lightly just into that melt pool. So some of that powder is melting before it hits the workpiece, but you're also um, fusing that, that powder into your substrate in the melt pool. So you're, you are bonding, you are obtaining a, a full metallurgical bond with your substrate. Uh, and like I said, there's multiple different configurations um, here in our LaPorte facility. Uh, well, I'll go over a little bit, kind of how our setup is and and what it consists of. So, first off, you you would need a, a safety enclosure. Uh, any kind of high-powered laser is is extremely extremely dangerous, and you really want to contain that in a in a controlled environment. Uh, having a safety enclosure is extremely uh, is an extremely important feature of this. So inside that booth or safety enclosure, you, you'll have a part manipulation equipment. In, in our case, we have a two-axis turntable and a, and a one-axis lathe. To manipulate our cladding head or our welding head, uh, we have a six-axis robot, and that gives us quite a bit of versatility to, to work around parts. On the other end, you, we have the, the heart of this whole system, and that is our laser source. This is where the, the laser is actually being produced, and it, um, that laser is then delivered through a delivery fiber or a fiber optic cable, in other words, um, to our cladding head. All of these um, components so the laser source and our, and our cladding head, they, they have extremely small optics, um, and we're running extremely high heat, so you do need uh, a water chiller to keep water flowing through through all of these components and keeping them cool. Then you will, you would also need a powder feeder. There are other uh, configurations where you can, uh, substitute powder as, as being a filler and, and have actual, uh, wire. So you can do laser cladding with a wire fed um, into a laser beam so and all of this comes together to, to form a, a weld bead and here's just a couple pictures of our setup here in in our laporte facility you can see it on the picture on the left you can see a two axis turntable uh, our, our six axis robot and our cladding head and a picture on the right, you can see uh, the bedway with uh, our head headstock. On that bedway, we're able to fit a rotor up to 23 foot length uh, with a swing diameter of about 100 inches. The max capacity of of our rollers, as well as our crane, is 50,000 pounds. Um, and again, so this is a, a very versatile booth for us. We, we can fit pretty large equipment in here, um, but different types of materials as well. The, the biggest challenge with the materials is having to go through qualifications uh, for each of the materials, but we have plenty uh, underway as well as already, already completed. Most of the qualifications we perform, like I said, our, our biggest need here was to fill in some gaps between thermal spray and submerged arc welding, and we really saw that gap in between 10,000th uh, of an inch to about a quarter inch of, of depth repair of depth of repair. Um, any over that, any over a quarter inch would um, more than likely just be something that should be submerged arc welded, um, and anything under 10 mils would. More than likely, just require uh, either coating or or some polishing. The so this is where our main focus is uh, when qualifying materials is is be- between that range. But again, the capabilities of L&D can go well over quarter inch uh, thickness. But like I said, it uh, over that um, dimension, it really just makes more sense to to go with a more conventional way of adding material, such as welding. the the two-axis turntable that we have can fit a 94-inch diameter swing, and it's got a max weight capacity of nine of 5,000 pounds. We are able to outsource some equipment to to handle up to 20,000 pounds in, in weight. Uh, again, the materials it it will depend on the the qualifications that we have and that we will pursue. Currently, we got 4340, 1045, duplex, and 410 stainless. Uh, we have not tested yet on ca- any cast steels or cast irons. Uh, however, this is something that we uh, are intending and pursuing since there is uh, quite a demand for it. Again, our qualifications do range between 10 and 250,000 thousandths of, of an inch, uh, but again, we can we can't pursue uh, higher than that if needed. We also got the capability of restoring bores to, to dimension. The, and this is uh, another cladding head that we have. You can see in this picture. So this is an ID head, uh, and this gives us the capability to, get, to restore bores down to three inches in diameter and, and up to 36 inches in depth. So this is a very versatile head. We've also used it for not only for restoring boards, but we've used it for, for ODs and for, for other equipment as well. It's a very versatile head, and we can we can get into pretty tight spaces with it. So So again, so these are some of the parts that, and kind of the setup that we have here in our Laporte uh, facility. A uh, very versatile system we have that can fit any kind of range of parts, and we'll go over a bit on some of those applications that we're kind of focusing and targeting. Uh, but first, let, let's go over a little bit on what kind of benefits we gain from LMD. This technology has is, is been around for, for a while now. Um, a lot of people don't know too much about it um, or what kind of the – or they've heard about it but they haven't they really don't know what it offers so this I'll try to explain um, what those benefits are like I said uh, the two main uh, processes that we would use here would be thermal spraying or submerged arc welding or conventional welding for that matter the in this case, we have high-velocity oxidized fuel, so HVOF. Uh, that's a, a type of thermal spray uh, process. And you can see the, some of the limitations here. So geometry, uh, thermal spraying, uh, you have to – it's a, it's a line-of-sight process. You have to be able to see uh, with a straight line where you're going to spray. And also, the, uh, one of the limitations in geometry is having to code around intricate features, so like um, – Steps, or if you're trying to machine any type of intricate geometry into coating uh, the coating could could um, come across a failure to uh, and it could chip off when trying to machine some kind of feature into it. submerged arc welding um, it's really meant for pretty basic shapes uh, cylindrical shapes and, and very uh, pretty simple shapes so the the equipment isn't uh, as versatile as you would get with something like thermal spray or a or a laser cladding system the uh, however the the amount of material you can see the material buildup for submerged arc welding is it, is incredible you, you and we'll see some of those numbers here in in the next few slides uh, another limitation of uh, one of the biggest limitations of submerged arc welding is any other conventional welding is your heat input the the heat input that you're putting into a part it, you end up you could end up with distortion you could end up moving some of the features that you're not wanting to move in your part and you also get heat affected zones and, and dilution. the lead time for submerged arc welding can, can take quite a bit um, It'll vary depending on the type of repair that you're trying to do, but it will take a while. Compared to like something like thermal spray, you can coat a shaft uh, within a shift, within an eight-hour shift. So it's it's a fairly fast process compared to to welding. The and one of the biggest um, disadvantages of, of coating or thermal spray is is your bond strength, or with, with coatings, you're, you only have a, a mechanical bond, not a metallurgical bond. So with a mechanical bond, uh, we, we do roughen up the surface, and, and it, the coating is only, it only sticks to that substrate. It doesn't actually bond or fuse um, to that substrate. Tungsten arc welding, of course, you do get that full metallurgical bond. You are bonding with that substrate, and it gives you that full strength that you need um, in certain aspects. So, uh, as you can see, that both of these processes have their advantages, and they do have, but, but they do have their limitations. And this is where LMD comes in trying to try and fill in some of these gaps, The geometry. Uh, it can be compared to that of thermal spray Uh, some of the the prep work that needs to be done uh, can also be compared to that is thermal spray however with with laser cladding you do have the advantage of a of being able to program your your robot to follow certain paths and you can build up material uh, to near net shape of, of what you need so so geometry is can be a disadvantage but it can also be uh, advantageous to the to the type of application that you're trying to weld up the heat input of laser metal deposition is very comparable to to HVF or or thermal spray coatings the you do end up with a heat affected zone and a dilution zone with laser metal deposition but it is a minimal it is minimal and well I'll, in one of the next slide i'll show you a little bit more detail on that lead time it it does take a little bit longer than your typical hbof process um, but it's not as significant as the delay as a submerged arc welding process would take and again you do get that full metallurgical bond with laser metal deposition you are fusing into your substrate However, that dilution zone and heat-affected zone is, is, is minimal, so it's a, it's a very non-invasive process for your component. Material buildup, the, like I said before, we're, we're trying to fill in gaps between some of these two processes that we would conventionally use. So you can build up more material than, than you need, but you won't really want to just. Uh, we tried to stay in the middle to fill in the gap. Only um, there's real no, no. Uh, I wouldn't say there's a bigger advantage over submerged arc welding when when it comes to material buildup because submerged arc welding has a an incredible deposition rate. So here's just a couple of the other benefits so there's really uh, one of the big ones here is really no grit necessary there's no surface prep other than machining and just uh, making sure you do have a, a, a clean surface to weld on so there is uh, quite a bit of steps that are cut down from the process um, such a thermal spraying that that it helps out in the end to, to reduce that lead time as well Again, that metallurgical bond is a big one here. Uh, that's the biggest difference you'll see between a thermal spray coating and a laser metal de- deposited overlay. Uh, most of our qualifications have not needed a post weld heat treatment before. So, and that also helps a lot with reducing the lead time. The, the post weld heat treatment alone could, could take a couple of days and it can and It only lengthens the, the lead time for our customers so being able to, to take that out from a process is, is advantageous here's a cross-section view of a thermal spray coating and and I'll show you a cross-section view of a, a laser or an and d overlay so in this in this view you can see the the added material or the, the, the coating that we're putting on the substrate. Uh, you can see it, it's quite porous and you can see almost almost like if there were some like linear uh, indications. They're not, they're, it's only the, the coating that is, is splatting on top of each other and building up the layer. So it's, uh, it, is, it is a dense material and when done properly, these coatings will, will withstand uh, quite a bit the you can see there's no dilution in your in your in that in that fusion that fusion zone uh, your coatings only sticking to that surface like I said before we do roughen up the surface to increase the surface area and that will increase the the pencil or the bond strength that that you have with your coating and this is a cross-section view of the of our LND you can see it's a fully dense overlay the uh another thing to note here is the thickness here we're we're looking at about 11 to 12 mils of of coating thickness this is about 60 mils of of overlay you can see it's a fully dense uh overlay you you won't have the that bonding zone but what you do have is a, a very low dilution zone and that dilution zone usually will be around it will range between 5 to 10 mils um, or thousandths of an inch to which is an extremely low dilution zone the one of the biggest advantages of, of LMD here is is being is having that metallurgical bond. Because you have that metallurgical bond, you, you don't run the risk of having any kind of pitting um, or corrosion that, that, goes, that you might see in something like a thermal spray coating where uh, sometimes some of that corrosion gets uh, underneath the coating and it, it, it will just grow from there. So you do get rid of that aspect with a, a fully metallurgically bonded overlay. so again the one of the biggest uh things that we we sought out here in our soldier uh, in our Laporte facility was to to fill in the gaps between the two processes right so thermal spray coatings can range in thickness um, you can see it that it it, it kind of fades out right, because most of of our coatings uh, they, they really only go about thirty thousandths of an inch after that uh, some of these coatings do tend to crack Uh, we have uh, um, other coatings that are meant for dimensional restoration that can go up to about a hundred mils. however that's that's really pushing the limits of coating and and what it's intended to to be for on the other hand we have submerged arc welding Uh, we have the biggest disadvantage with submerged arc welding sometimes is that you only need to repair a small amount of material or restore a, a small amount uh, but the minimum that you could put down is, is close to about 125 mils of thickness so that that can um, in some cases it can increase lead times just because you're putting down so much material and, and in the end you have to come back and, and machine uh, the rest of the stock that you have so that was one of the the, the benefits that we saw in, in laser metal deposition the the thicknesses for laser, de- laser metal deposition uh, will typically range between 40 to about uh, 250 thousandths of an inch with our qualifications the the dilution the dilution zone, like I said, is minimal, and it's, <clears throat> and it's nowhere near compared to, to thermal spray, right, because you don't have a dilution with, with thermal spray. But in comparison to submerged arc welding, sometimes that dilution zone can, can range all the way up to about an eighth of an inch, which is quite a bit. Usually you, you want to reduce your dilution as much as you can. Um, especially when when overlaying with dissimilar material dissimilar materials this is due to the fact that in that dilution zone your your overlay material is mixing with your with your substrate, and when you're doing that you are losing some of the properties that you are wanting to gain from that overlay material and losing some of the properties so so you may want to be uh, using a corrosion resistant overlay, for example, over a ferrous material. When you, when you have a, a dilution that, that is pretty large, some of that iron will, will go up into your overlay and cause corrosion. So uh, keeping that dilution as minimal as possible is extremely important. And laser metal deposition, the technology has advanced well quite a bit these uh, last few years uh, and it it allows you to control that that dilution quite a bit again this is a a low heat input process so your your HAZ or your heat affected zone is significantly smaller it's a fraction of what you would get with submerged arc welding submerged arc welding you can sometimes see some uh, heat affected zones that are just under about a quarter inch. The the heat affected zone is one of the weakest parts of, of any of any weld. So keeping this as small as possible is is very advantageous. Just to reduce the any risk into a part. Processing time is, is, is another leading factor, right? Uh, like I said, it will take a couple more days of, of processing time for laser metal deposition over thermal spray. However, the, the lead times are pretty comparable. Uh, when submerged arc welding, uh, it will also range. I mean, sometimes you, you can process a shaft uh, within, within a couple days. Uh, however, if it's a very extensive repair, it, it could take uh, closer to about a month. Sometimes, uh, depending on the repair, it it will vary. So that that rate is is significant. Like I said, the heat input is is very comparable to thermal spray. If you were to compare the the material deposited um, against the the heat input, uh, laser metal deposition is actually a cooler process than thermal spraying. Uh, thermal spraying can get up to about 400 degrees, and you're only adding about 30 mils of, of thickness. With laser metal deposition, you were putting at least about 40 mils of thickness, um, and you would probably, the highest we would allow a part to go would be 600 degrees. Submerged arc welding can also go uh, significantly higher than 600 and that's just due to the properties of, of the welding uh, depending on the procedure it will range but typically the the highest that the uh, most of our procedures would allow it to go would be 800 800 degrees now keep in mind both laser metal deposition and submerge dark welding can go well beyond um, those those temperatures but these are kind of a, a cutoff a limit of where the, we allow the process to go. So any, any higher than that, we just let the part cool down and, and start new. So like I said, laser metal deposition takes a, a whole lot longer to heat up a part to about 600 degrees than submerged arc welding would take to heat up a part uh, up to 800 degrees. Um, but the biggest difference here is, is the amount of material that you're adding right the your deposit efficiency so uh, laser melt deposition you you are adding more more material to the amount of heat in comparison to the amount of heat that you're adding so if you compare that to thermal spray, adding thirty mils of thickness and heating up your parts about four hundred degrees um, so it's just to make that comparison there that uh, even though we laser metal deposition does run uh, during the process does run hotter uh, you're actually adding more material to your part uh, more efficiently so let's talk a bit on what kind of applications where l is useful for us uh, there's really two main types of applications the we have, of course, a dimensional restoration or general buildup. Uh, we we like to tag that along with corrosion resistance. Uh, when we're uh, repairing something, we, we always try to not only repair it, but make it better. Uh, and that's one, uh, one of our our main goals here. On the other hand, we also have hard-facing materials, so things like Stellite 6, tungsten carbide, and culminoids. For dimensional restoration, our biggest need here in our facility was all, uh, and the the way that our setup is in our booth uh, is mainly focused for for rotors and shafts. Uh, you can see there's many different areas on a rotor or a shaft that where uh, you might need to restore some of these dimensions. The on the other hand, you do have other components, right? The, if You get impellers, you have um, diaphragms, different different things that you would want to restore dimensions on, as well. And of course, you do want to improve a surface to for your part to run more efficiently. So, adding satellite shield things like satellite shields on steam turbine blades will make uh, make. Turbine blades last longer in service. So uh, there, there's multiple different improvements that you could do to multiple different uh, components. So shafts, blades, impellers, and diaphragms. So this is one of the shafts that we repaired um, using our LMD process here in our Laporte facility. This is a JP180 shaft this This shaft came in with uh, some severe heat checking indications uh next to the thrust collar the it seemed like the the thrust bearing was uh a bit undersized, so it was rubbing on the bearing journal, causing some pretty high heat to uh, which then led to the heat checking indications so when trying to repair this uh we of course tried to machine out the indications to see how deep they went unfortunately the, the depth of these indications uh, well exceeded the limit for something that would be repaired using thermal spray um, the the depth of this repair was about a hundred twenty mil or a hundred twenty thousandths of an inch the per side the again our limits with thermal spray is about a hundred and for something like this that's a rotating component you really wouldn't want to to exceed that limit uh, of a hundred thousandths of an inch so the other option was to to weld repair this right to to fill up the groove or uh, however the these indications were, were extremely close to a to the radius on the thrust collar and we do have uh, procedures here in-house that really just doesn't allow us to to perform any kind of uh, welding or conventional welding next to a radius like this so this is where L&D stepped in and we were with the minimal heat affected zone about 40 mils um, we were able to get fairly close to that radius and fill up, fill up this groove. the if, if this weren't to be L&D, this would have probably been a scrap shaft, due to the fact that if we were to weld repair it, the, the only other way to, to repair it would have been to stub the shaft. And to be able to stub a shaft, you have to be able to uh, you have to be able to cut the the shaft uh, fairly close. We we tend to cut it fairly close to the indications. However, due to all these features, you got a thrust collar here and you got more features in here. Uh, the, the Really, the only way to stub this would have been to, to stub it almost near the center. At that point, it just didn't make economic sense to pursue something like that. So the, the next option would have just been to replace the shaft. However, with LMD, we were able to fill up that groove. Again, we got really close to the radius, and we were able to, to repair this. repair the shaft and bring it back into service. This is another shaft that we repaired. We had a severe rub on on the end here. You can see uh, some of the J strip seals failed. Uh, You can see the some of them torn were torn off. And that's most likely what caused the rubbing that you see here. Uh, The depth of these rubs were about 40 mils. However you can see the depth of the actual grooves that are required for, a, for these J-strip seals. They're, they're about 90 mils deep, so uh, thermal spray here wouldn't have been an option simply due to the fact that we would have had to machine grooves into coating. Uh, coating is not meant to be a, a substrate material to, to machine any kind of detail in. It's, it's simply uh, like I said it is simply a coating It's not there to to replace any kind of uh, geometrical feature in a in a part so the other option again would have been submerged arc welding or, or conventional welding this shaft had some pretty tight tolerance holes here the some of these were were through through holes for bolts however the rest of them were, were, um, were actual pinholes. Uh, you're talking uh, just a, cu- a few thousandths of an inch of tolerance for those. So having to weld repair this, it would have led to quite a bit of distortion in, on that base. So this is, again, another area where some of those limitations um, were avoided. Using L and D, we restored the part. Uh, we machined the the part down all the way down to under the grooves, un- underneath the uh, underneath the J strip grooves. So we machined down under that, and we would uh, repair it using L and D to bring it back to dimension to the nominal dimension of the OD. And here you can see that that final finished product uh, we, we filled up we filled up the, the OD and the and machine grooves into it like I said this is a fully bonded overlay and it's a, a fully dense material so you you are able to machine intricate details into this material and you can see the final product here with the J strip seals uh, in place For a third case study, we, we had a, a frame three coupling hub. This coupling hub came in with some pretty heavy corrosion in the ID, the as well as some galling from being installed and, and uninstalled uh, multiple times. Uh, you could see it's a pretty beat up piece of equipment here. Uh, however, the customer did want it repaired. Uh, it was to be used as a spare. Uh, so they did want it repaired. Something like this, we would have typically just uh, thermal sprayed it. However, the dimensions of this just didn't allow it. Um, typically, for, for thermal spray, we, we do want to keep a contact angle or an angle of incidence uh, of a, no more than 45 degrees. Being that the depth of the bore was longer than the major OD of the bore, we, we wouldn't have been able to, to apply our thermal spray coating uh, to our specification. So, so coating this wasn't going to be uh, a preferred option simply due to the fact that we wouldn't be able to apply it to our specification. Well repairing this uh, was another option that came into our minds. Uh, however, you can see there's intricate details on the outside of the coupling hub. You got some gearing mechanisms here. Um, and that really prevented us to, to do any kind of weld repair due to the fact that it would just distort the uh, the OD of this and would need some heavy machining. Replacing the entire coupling hub was was actually going to be quite expensive uh, for our customer. We and which is why we pursued repairing this with LMD. Here you can see it in our it in our LMD booth using our ID Ed. Uh, we covered up those keyways with uh, copper, and that's just to protect the the underneath uh, keyway from the corners of the keyway from any kind of heat affected zone. And you can see the final uh, welded product in the picture on the right. So one of the biggest challenges with this was uh, the the was actually the keyways. The we we did find a way to to get around it and, and able to 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 repair this product with a high quality repair and here you can see the final product of that uh, after grinding and machine and NDT so here you can see just the just a few examples of, of the potential that, that this technology has the there there's really the, the extensive Applications for this technology is is extremely vast. There's there's really no limits to what this technology can do. It's just we would have to pursue it. The I do want to finish this presentation off with a poll question. Uh, basically, I just really want, would like to know. Um, See how much knowledge about laser metal deposition do you currently have? Um, a, never heard of it. Uh, 2, heard but don't know the, the benefits. C, familiar and know the benefits. D, expert or and dealt with L&D d So if you could please just submit this um, uh, and, and we'll be moving on to our Q&A session here in a bit.
0: Alonzo, it looks like quite a few people um, have heard of it but really don't know the benefits or they were familiar and they know the benefits. So that's really your highest numbers on your poll there. So that's very good. Um, You mentioned questions. First of all, great information. And so we do have questions coming in from the audience right now. And I'd like to start off with um, can you do... A in connel shaft one hundred and forty two inches long by seventeen and three eight o d
1: yeah, so something that the 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 dimensions of those would be something that we could do. Uh, however, we have not actually done any kind of testing so far on uh, Inconel substrate. We have tested Inconel uh, 625 uh, overlay material on ferrous materials. However, we would have to qualify the substrate uh, being Inconel uh, to be able to to do that. But yeah, that'd be some definitely be something that we could do.
0: Okay, we have another question coming in. Um, is there any butter layer required before Stellite overlay on stainless steel?
1: So it depends on the application, right? Uh, the amount of material you're trying to build up uh, with the Stellite. If it's really just a single layer of overlay or, or uh, a couple layers of overlay that you would put down, uh, you really wouldn't need a butter layer uh, again like I said it, it would depend on the application however uh, the current qualifications we have uh, for the applications that we've used it such as Satellite shield on, on steam turbine blades that we really haven't used or seen the need for a butter layer on, on 410 stainless
0: Okay, Sam would like to know, what size laser do you use? How many pounds per hour can you lay down with this process?
1: So the laser size that we have is um, we de- one of our heads is a 6-millimeter beam diameter, and the other one is an 8-millimeter beam diameter. So, so your bead size is about 6 millimeters and, and 8 millimeters. Um, so we do have those two options currently. There are other options in the market. Um, however, like I said before, uh, our main focus was shaft repair, so the larger beam diameter is, is, is what we were looking for. As far as the pounds per hour, uh, it, it'll range depending on the material you're trying to run. Um, but it, it it's a very controlled process. It, it, it can range from uh, just a point five pounds per hour, and, and it can range all the way up to about 10 pounds per hour if you need it.
0: Okay. Um, how is the effect of LMD on electrical runout on probe area?
1: Good question, yeah. So the uh, uh, we've actually – we came across this issue where we're trying to uh, – Apply Stella 6 overlays on a bearing journal. Uh, however, they wanted the 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 probe area to be um, to be repaired as well. So uh, you would have to repair a probe barrier using a ferrous material, something that's magnetic, to be able to to work. So you wouldn't be able to use a some kind of corrosion resistant overlay, such as uh, Inconel 625 or, or Stellite six you would have to go with a, a fairly similar material uh, for any kind restoration for for a probe area
0: okay for the same thickness material what is the cost of LMD versus HVOF versus SMAW
1: if you're trying to repair so uh, I guess if, if we go into the boundaries of thermal spray, which is about 30 mils, if you're trying to repair something with a depth of 30 mils, um, mm-hmm. uh, the price will be uh, probably double of what you're seeing with, um, with thermal spray. However, most of that cost is not uh, any kind of machining cost will be pretty much the same. That will stay the same because you're, you're, you're prepping the area and you're only machining stock. Uh, but the, the actual process of the LMD and the, and the spray, it would, uh, LMD would be about double of what the, the cost is. So the overall uh, wouldn't be double. Just to make that clear, the, it's only the process that'd be double. The overall, so machining, any kind of prep work and, or post-machining and grinding, uh, that would stay the same. It's just the process would be double.
0: Okay. Does it meet NACE MRO 103, MRO 175 requirements?
1: I'd have to look back on those. So, well, all of our qualifications are, are based on Section 9, uh, ASME Section 9 uh, specifications.
0: Okay. Um, how much experience does Sulzer uh, Laporte have with the LMD?
1: So we did put a – we installed this machine, um, I want to say, in about early August of last year. We started qualifying as soon as we installed it, uh, and we have ran uh, close to about 15 production jobs already with it.
0: Okay. What type of NDT can be done on the finished LMD part?
1: So there's multiple types. There's, uh, of course, your, your penetrant testing. Uh, depending on the material, you can also use uh, ultrasonic testing as well. Uh, mag particle can be one if, you're a, if your overlay material is a ferrous material. Uh, but yeah it it would undergo all the NDT inspection requirements that uh, any kind of weld procedure would go through in our shop
0: okay Uh, Thomas would like to know is is the Stellite 6 the only option for journal repair and I believe he's adding to this on a 4340 shaft base material
1: Currently, yes, that is our only option. We are working on a 4340 overlay material, so an in-kind restoration. Uh, However, we're still working on that. But, yes, Stellite 6 is our only option currently.
0: Okay. Is there any concern with recutting a keyway into the LMD area?
1: So, if you are, it it would depend, again... um, if, are you try, if you were trying to restore the entire keyway, um, you basically would have to undercut all the way down into to the depth of that keyway. You would restore the entire dimension of that, and then uh, you wouldn't want your keyway uh, or your corner, the corners of a keyway to be anywhere near close to a heat-affected zone uh, simply due to the stresses that are concentrated on those corners. So you would try to keep uh, at least your your heat affected zone away from that, from those corners. But yes, okay. you, you Alon- can machine keyways into overlay material.
0: Okay, Alonso, can you comment on uh, surface finish and dimensional control? In other words. Is finish machining always required, or can LMD be a final surf, uh, surface like some of the other coating processes?
1: So, typically, no. It would require a. Uh, so, most of the applications we, we encounter, right, is to restore a dimension that uh, is required for some kind of fit. Uh, if it's something for a if you're just trying to improve the the wear surface of a part then you really wouldn't require post machining however it would be uh, recommended uh, just due to the fact that the the overlay is pretty rough uh, as welded it, it's not as rough as a conventionally welded like a submerged welded shaft uh, but it is rough so it would just really depend on the application you're trying to use it for. It.
0: Okay. Is there an issue running roller bearings for a balanced stand on the LMD location?
1: I'm sorry, can you repeat
0: that again? Sure. Is there an issue running roller bearings for a balanced stand on the LMD location? So the,
1: I imagine this is in reference to something like thermal spray coating where your, the powder is really just everywhere and you're trying and you really just can't use roller bearings inside of a thermal spray booth. Uh, LMB is a a cleaner process, but it's still, there is still uh, powder and dust inside of an LMB booth. So we would Mm -hmm. uh, recommend not using roller bearings, but... Uh, If done properly, yes, it it could be done. Um,
0: Sam would like to know how many KW is the laser itself.
1: So the laser capabilities we have here, we have an 8-kilowatt laser. Okay. Uh,
0: Do you have a comparison between uh, PTA and LMD differences?
1: So no, we... uh, So... Uh, not currently. However, the these processes are are very comparable. Uh, I do want to say PTA is is a, a higher heat input than you would get from uh, laser metal de- deposition. The PTA is an actual arc that you are, and that just produces uh, more heat than you would with the laser. So the 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 theory behind using a laser source is you're only affecting the, the surface that the light is hitting or the laser is hitting. Um, in comparison to a PTA process, you're actually forming an electrical arc into your, into your substrate, and that just produces significantly more heat. Uh,
0: what is the recommended overlay material for hydraulic coupling papers?
1: So there's multiple, um, again, it would depend on the component, but the, uh,
0: something we've
1: seen, uh, you would always try to repair things, uh, with similar materials if possible. So any kind of, if, if your shaft is made at 4340, then you would try and and do something to, to repair it using an in-kind overlay. Uh, however, uh, depending on the type of, restoration you're trying to put if you're seeing corrosion on this on this fit uh, you might just want to put an overlay that such as Inconel 625 to be able to um, to withstand some of those corrosion Uh, if it's just galling uh, you probably use Inconel 625 as well that you're seeing from if if the galling is coming from installation Um, so there's different options there Uh, and LMD is a very versatile process, so it, it can handle quite a, a range of materials.
0: Okay, um, actually, Terry, I believe, is um, about the balance stand question. Can you run the LMD area on a low-speed balance stand without damaging the LMD roca- location?
1: Oh, okay, yeah. So. Um, yeah, like I said before, this this overlay is fully dense. It's a fully metallurgical bond. You're not going to crack it uh, running on it. You're not going to uh, chip it off like you would with thermal spray coating. Uh, so this is a fully metallurgically bonded overlay just like uh, any other weld repair.
0: Okay, and in, in your case study number one, did the journal next, the weld repair area, retain its original runout, or did it require any other repairs?
1: No, it it it, it uh it retained that original runout. There was no other um, repairs to to be done around that area. What we did do also um, on that journal, we we actually coated that journal with a chrome carbide. Uh, we didn't do um. Stellite six overlay simply just because we didn't have it qualified at the time, but the uh, but we did uh, have on six twenty five qualified, so we restored the dimension and and coated over it with uh, chrome carbide. But that was the only other uh, repair that was done around that area.
0: Yeah. Okay, great questions today. I really want to say thank you to everyone. If for some reason we didn't get to your question or it wasn't completely answered, don't worry because an expert from Sulzer will be in touch with you and they'll make sure you get all the information. Also a recording of today's webinar will be made available, so be sure to keep an eye on your email. And remember that Sulzer prepared a special handout for you today. Again, you should have received this handout with your registration confirmation or your reminder. Uh, Once again, I'd like to say a very special thanks to Sulzer's Alonzo Ortiz. If you would like more information, his contact information is right there on the screen or of course you can go to solzer.com. For those of you that may not already know, Solzer actually has a YouTube channel. They have well over 100 informative videos just like today's webcast. Uh, take a moment after the webinar and subscribe and then you can stay up to date with all their latest videos. And I want to let you know that Solzer will be hosting an open house featuring the LMD product on Thursday, December 16th, and that is going to be at their LaPorte facility. If you would like more information, you can reach out to Alonzo directly at the number on the screen or his email, or you can download a registration link in the chat box to the side of your screen. So as we wrap up, please take a moment to participate in a brief survey as well. We want to thank everyone so much for taking time to join us today, and I hope you have a good day or evening. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes the webinar for today. We thank you for your participation and ask that you please disconnect your line. Have a great day, everyone.